Hello, and welcome to Hannah's Labyrinth, the podcast where Hannah watches movies and discusses character psychology, visual intrigue, and music. This is week one of the podcast, so I'm trying to figure it out, so bear with me. So for week one, I chose to watch Whisper of the Heart from Studio Ghibli. I did watch Whisper of the Heart with a friend, but unfortunately he didn't want to be on the podcast. I'm not making a podcast out of this. Yes, you are. This week, we're going to learn to adapt, improvise, and overcome. Whisper of the Heart came out in 1995, and it's from Studio Ghibli, but not directed by Miyazaki. The movie was directed by Yoshimi Kondo. Let me Google that. By Yoshifumi Kondo, and he was thought of to be like Miyazaki's successor and the one who'd carry on Studio Ghibli's legendary status. But unfortunately, he died a few years after the release of Whisper of the Heart. And if you've never heard of this movie, I really don't blame you because I didn't know about it until a week ago. And I only found out about it because it was in a Studio Ghibli ranking video, which included all the movies, so obviously this was in it. And this movie probably isn't as popular because A, it's not directed by Miyazaki, and B, because it doesn't have the same outward appeal of being all fantasy. Though there are elements of fantasy in this movie, a lot of this is based in the mundane and so. So, a short spoiler-free summary of the movie would be that Whisper of the Heart is a romance coming-of-age movie about Shizuku, schoolgirl, searching for what to do with her life. And this is all to the backdrop of Country Roads, which plays many times throughout the movie. So, yes, that should inspire you to watch the movie. And from here on out, SPOILER WARNING! Anyways, so I decided that I'll be posting a set of pictures that I'll be speaking about on my Instagram, which is Hannah's underscore labyrinth, so follow me there if you want to see the pictures, or if you just want to visualize them, you do you. I think the things I want to talk about in about this movie are the Erickson's theory of psychological development, small magical moments throughout the movie and the shots of people's backs and landscapes that I liked sprinkled throughout the movie. I think I should probably set up the movie and give a quick summary through. Anyway, so I decided that I'll be posting a set of pictures that I'll be. There's a girl named Shizuku and she's 14 and she lives in Tokyo. Shizuku has a lot of tests coming up and those tests are very heavily weighted and they'll determine where she's going for high school which will also determine where she, or what job she can get in the future. Shizuku isn't the most interested in studying for her tests because she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life but she does know that she likes to read. She likes to read fiction and fantasy and she's been writing lyrics to John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads but with altered lyrics that feature Tokyo. Okay, so the beginning of the movie opens with Country Roads playing, and it just shows a lot of panning shots of Tokyo, That's and Shizuku is reading a book, and inside the book, the, the checkout paper in the front that people don't use anymore, she notices a name that she keeps seeing in all the books she reads, and basically, throughout the movie, she's going to keep running to this boy, and she'll even find him annoying for some period, but 
by the end, she realized that, oh. and she also finds out that he likes violin making, and she's a little inspired by his passion for violin making, even though he doesn't know if he's that good, he because like she, she might want to be a writer. Yeah. Violin making and writing are both creative outlets oh. that are not take tests and go to school. And then the other storyline would be Shizuku exploring her interest in writing, which comes in the form of her sharing her lyrics at country roads with more and more people, and then eventually even writing her own little short story based on cat that she reads. That a I little statuette of a cat that she sees inside an antique shop that she finds really intriguing. And for more context, she finds the antique shop one day when she's going to the library, and there's a cat sitting next to her, and she finds it really interesting. And when he gets off the same train stop as her, she decides she'll go follow it. And that leads her to the antique shop and where she meets the old man who happens to be the grandfather or like uncle of the boy she met, courting yes. her in a way. So the antique shop owner also tells her a story about the grandfather clock about star-crossed lovers and sort of reminded me of Shrek. Shrek. It was about a king and a princess and a princess who turned into a sheep at some hours. But anyways, the grandfather clock was pretty cool and it had, when, you turn, when he turned it on, these miners came out and they started mining. And as you'll later find out, the miners are related to the geode rock, which is a special kind of rock that has jewels inside. And when you put it close to your eyes, you'll see emeralds that shine. And the old man tells Shizuku that makes a metaphor about the rocks and the emeralds inside, about finding said gems and polishing them in your craft. But he also mentions that the smaller ge gems that you can't even see at the moment, those are the real gems you want to find and polish because those are the most special ones. I'll get into this later so this will make more sense when it gets to the time. And thank you for sticking through my very rough summary of Whisper of the Heart. Ghibli movies are usually very hard to summarize because so much happens and they mainly go off vibe rather than a straightforward plot point. So, thank you. So, now to bring in psychology. So, the psychology concepts that I thought of while watching this movie and while reflecting afterwards was Erickson's stages of development, which are eight developmental stages that a person usually goes through from birth to death. These stages are like checkpoints that most people go through. And I feel that at age 14, Shizuku is going through uh, a bit of a little turmoil where she is trying to decide, what she's trying to figure out who she is and what her role in society is. And the conflict is that society tells her that she should probably study for her tests and do well on them. Well, she wants to go off and be an artist and write books. In Erickson's developmental stages, Shizuku is probably in the industry versus inferiority stage, which is, I think, stage four. And it's about school age from ages eight to 12. So Shizuku is like 14, but I think she fits in that one because the industry versus inferiority stage, that's when a person usually finds out what they're interested in and depending on whether they're given positive or negative reinforcement from say a teacher they'll either become more hardworking and industrious or they'll become or they'll develop a sense of inferiority and a sense of 
being out of place because their skills are not valued, their skills or interests are not valued in the same way. Shizuku is clearly clearly going. <laughs> Shizuku is clearly going through that because at this point she wants to be an artist of some sort, and studying for exams is not top priority in her mind. And I think this leads nicely into the movie and the other theme parts, where she shares her art with other people and discovers that maybe she does like creating and sharing with others. I think Erickson's developmental stages, where Suzuku's at, I think this leads nicely into uh, the part of the movie where Shizuku does share her art in the form of music and writing with more and more people, progressively more and more people, which I'll just discuss now. So I've chosen four pictures that I'll post on my Instagram at Hannah's underscore labyrinth. That are basically every time Shizuku shares one of her, a piece of work she's made with someone else. So the first one is at the beginning of the movie with her friend. Yep. Shizuku is sitting on a bench with her friend and she shows her the lyrics, well, her version of lyrics to Country Roads by John Denver, but the lyrics are replaced with, with descriptions of Tokyo instead. So when Shizuku shares the lyrics to her song, well, her version of the song with someone else for the first time, she's really nervous. But when Yoko tells her that she really does like what she's written and she thinks it's really cool, Shizuku's very relieved and she feels affirmed which is really all she needs because when you put yourself out there you're probably not looking for criticism, you're looking for support and motivation to keep going. So good for a friend. So this scene is at the beginning of the movie and it's a small step but it's the first step towards Shizuku getting more confident in her own abilities and her own interests because throughout the movie and probably throughout her life Suzuku has been told that reading all those books does no good because the fairy tales aren't real. And while that's true, throughout the movie, there are elements of fantastical moments and scenes in the movie. Like, I think every time Shizuku shares her song or the writing she eventually shares with the antique shop owner, it's quite a magical moment because they're always so pure and Shizuku's reaction is always so innocent. And the next time Shizuku shares shares a piece of art with other people is going to be when she's at school again and she's eating lunch with her friends and they insist that she sh and she was teasing her friend from earlier so her friend shoots back that she should sh share her song her country road song with the rest of them Shizuku's really shy at first but then with the with the insistence of her friends she takes out the paper and gives it to them and her friends tell her that and her friends also tell her that they like it, which again uh, relieves Shizuku that maybe her art is worth doing and that she does have a talent. So the next time Shizuku shares her song is when she goes back to, to the antique shop, which she found so magical because of the antique shop owner. When she gets back to the antique shop, the, in the old man isn't there, but she sees the guy that she saw at the beginning of the movie who she thought was a jerk because she told him, he told her that her lyrics are corny. So basically they beat, and then they go into his workshop where he's making violins. And she's like, wow, that's kind of cool. Can you play anything? 
and then they st- he plays and they start singing country roads and then she starts singing a song t- of her own lyrics she's quite shy at first but then she gets more confident and confident and then when the antique shop owner returns he's there with two of his friends who also happen to have instruments for some reason they start having a jam session of five people playing their instruments and singing as it goes on She's getting more confident and confident with sharing her voice with people, which can be seen as metaphorical. Her literal voice and metaphorical voice. So that was a little fun moment. That was just very simple, but also very touching. And the next time Shizuku shares something, it's going to be when she starts writing her little story. And her story is based on the baron, the cat statuette that she saw in the antique shop. And it's about the cat, the statuette, and... Baron's lover that it was separated from. And basically, every time she sits down to write, sits down to write she looks like a lo-fi hip-hop girl. But anyways, whenever she sits down to write, there are fantastical visuals that aren't seen throughout the rest of the movie. And they're the visuals that you would usually expect from a Studio Ghibli movie. Shizuku writes her book, and she shares it with the antique shop owner because she sees him as a mentor, and she wants his opinion, his informed opinion on it. When Shizuku gives the story to the old man, she nervously sits. So when Shizuku gives the antique shop owner her story, Shizuku feels very nervous. So she runs downstairs and decides to sit there anxiously as he reads the story. So Shizuku's probably doing that because, unlike the song she wrote, which she passes off as more of a joke, this story is more something closer to home for her. So, and... She really wants to know that she's good, or at least has some talent, because otherwise she'll feel very lost. And eventually, the old man returns. It's the same day, the same night. And he tells her that it was good. That her story was good. And it might be raw and unpolished, but he does see talent in it, and he, she should keep going on. This relieves Shizuku, and... The old man also gives her the rock, which I don't remember when he introduces, but the rock is a metaphor, just like in Parasite. The rock is and the gesture of the rock, and Suzuka's accepting the rock is basically her acknowledging that she does want to be a writer, and she'll continue writing to, and to search for those gems and polish those gems. Okay, final thoughts on the movie. My final thoughts on Whisper of the Hut was that Though the events are quite implausible, I think it, they did get right that anytime you put yourself out there, you will be nervous because you never know what other people will think and if they'll accept it. And I also liked the art. I thought it was really nice because there were long shots of just the scenery and it wasn't cutting really fast. So you can sit there and appreciate the art. And overall, the movie was really wholesome, so go watch it. And seeing the magic in the mundane is a very good message. And finding nuggets of magic in the mundane is, is probably a mess. And if, as you can tell, it's very unscripted. I think next time I'll record during the movie and find a guest who will be on the podcast. And thank you for listening. Country Road.